1: Celebrate. All right. Light years pod. We are back. Andy Lou, Sam is Fendiari. We're going to go live to Sam for your election takes right now.
2: <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> uh, we are recording on election night, November 6th. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're, he, al- he almost couldn't help Oh, he
1: almost couldn't help himself. That was close. <laughs> that was close, but we're going to talk basketball. All right, fine.
2: Nah, no one came here for the politics. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, if I was to endorse one candidate, it'd be Alfonso McKinney for governor. This is
1: by far the most fun story in the last season and in, in three weeks, uh, for me. It's it's so cool. Like uh, I'm a sucker for like these type of stories, and and Anthony Slater had a like a superb like he didn't write a feature, but he just essentially did a and A with McKinney um and it was great i mean it was just mckinney saying hey i played in luxembourg and he didn't even play in the highest league in luxembourg he played in like the second highest league against people that were i think like policemen by day and basketball players by night um and they were saying like yo like why is this guy even playing here and like he went from there and and kind of hopped around places and and he's he's apparently cousins with ralph walker who's Used to be the security guard with Steph. Not the reason why he got an invite to the Warriors, but, um, I mean, just a cool story. And, and he looks more confident than Patrick McCall, Omri Caspi ever was in uniform.
2: And, uh, I mean, what, what more can you say? I mean, on so, one, he's doing everything I want from a role-player wing on the Warriors. Um, playing hard, crashing the glass, hitting open shots, defending. Um all that like we'll talk we'll get into that later but and i agree with you the story is just awesome like i think the thing that gets me is how is how is this even possible like we live in an internet age everyone who's like a top prospect is known by like age 15 and (laughs) definitely by like 20 or 21 you know and this guy just late bloomer went a really different route i mean second division of luxembourg i had a friend who did um uh, who played pro baseball in Switzerland. Um and he just did it as kind of a you know what to do next out of college, decent college baseball player or good college baseball player, but like, you know, knew he wasn't gonna go to the major leagues or anything. Um and that's kind of like what I think of this guy just went to like Luxembourg, I don't even know how he ended up there. And then crazy. next thing you know, he's crowd favorite Oracle. And aside, this is how I know Oracle and Warrior fans are still legit. Like, yes, it's been gentrified. Oracle goes off on players like McKinney. They love those kind of like high-energy underdog guys. And that's always been the case. Uh, back in the day, those high-energy underdog guys were our best players. <laughs> um, I mean, the crowd responds to them um, in a way that like almost they're, they're more excited about them than they are about like clay or Steph hitting threes.
1: Oh no, it's, it's close, right? Like I, I don't, you still got season tickets. I don't cover the games anymore, but like, I mean like when Omri Caspi would, which make a three last season, like they just wanted to be happy. Like when Nick Young hit a three, it was for sure louder than like, like a shot that Draymond makes, right? Or KD or, or clay. I mean the Steph like dribble, dribble three, you probably, nothing probably beats that. But like, most yeah. type of plays from role players is cool. And, like, I mean, you're right, though. Like, a, a really, like, kind of people are saying, hey, like.
2: Or how about the way they used to respond to JaVale? You know, oh, it's, yeah, just like, that's true. it's just, Most like, ways, high right? energy. Yeah, exactly. High energy role players who just, like, come into the game and, like, you know. No one's no one in the crowd is, like, thinking, like, okay, he's about to pull, like, a 3 hezzy pull-up and, like, make Steph look bad. No, but they're they're just, like, excited someone's come in and, like, throwing their body around and like just just playing harder than the other guys
1: yeah and and you made a great you made a great point though like how does this guy fall through the cracks it's funny because people were saying like he was the one that was he was on the toronto g league team right last season and people were like well the warriors are kind of taking credit for him it's like nah. like and then there are people that are like oh the warriors are like oh they just needed more help like they of course this happens to the warriors like do you realize there's a reason it's not like a rich guy that got richer because he grew up rich. Like the warriors picked up. He didn't, they didn't pick up Alfonso McKinney because like they were the best team in the league. They picked him up cause they needed a wing. And so they went out and scouted and they said, Hey, this is someone that can help us. We're going to give him a tryout. Every other team could have done that. Like and McKinney would have so, said yes to any other team, regardless if it was the warriors. Right? So two,
2: two thoughts on that one. Um, he had to try out like he wasn't even like a vet minimum guarantee where it's like, wow, this guy who like we thought would be like our 15th man is actually better. You know, like that's like Jonas Turebko. Jonas Terebko yeah, has been yeah. a nice addition and like, but he didn't have to try out. He knew he was on the roster. The second part is um, how does, I mean, just how does he end up just having to try out, you know? It's like, it's just, and then just, just proving his point. Like, I, I mean, does he get on the roster if Pat McCaw comes to camp?
1: Oh no. You know that too. Yeah. No way. He would not have gotten invited, right? Like he probably wouldn't have.
2: No, he would have been invited because they needed camp bodies, but like maybe there's a chance he would have
1: two way maybe or something.
2: He would have taken another camp invite because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, less of a chance, like with, with McCaw holding out and the Warriors kind of being thin there's like you're chase. telling me the
1: houston rockets wouldn't have picked them up you know what i mean like if they knew like they, it, they was, it, Mella, was, dude. It, it wasn't some crazy like it, it, that's what that's my thing like it wasn't like it's a legit actual good scouting job by the warriors and not like and not what you're saying like it's not like Jonas yonas well it was a development a
2: job by toronto and uh they're pretty proud of their d-league team and or g-league all it's I don't know how many years it's going to take me to get used to saying G league and said D league, but they've got, um, they've got
1: great role players too. Toronto. Does, so they do, and they develop
2: like. guys. Well, yeah. um, but they cut him. Yeah. I saw, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty deep at wing, but,
1: but still like he, and, and McKinney's like, so he's just fun to watch, man. Like it, and I, I've been texting you about this. I've been, I've, Kerr's rotations this season have been really fun. Like he still has his like, why the fuck is Kevon Looney and Jordan Bell and, on the floor or or like Damien Jones on the floor, but like he plays a lot of Jarebko and, and bell and McKinney. And that's kind of like what you want, right? You want the five, you want the stretch four, and then you want a wing that can play three and D and then you put clay there and it's kind of like a, a really, really fun, you know, foursome. And then if you can throw Igadala or someone in there, that's even better. Right. And so he's kind of played a lot of that and it just makes basketball more fun because Last season and even the season before, it's a slog. Like, David West is a great person and he's a he's a good basketball player. but Yeah, no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, it. like
2: they had the Dino dy- the lineup last year and it's not like fun. there's charm to it, but it's like, dude, Sean Livingston's played like 500 games. You know, David West has played 1,000 games. They're not going to come with that like youthful exuberance that McKinney or um, Damian Jones or Jordan Bell have or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting cuz this is exactly what the warriors said in the preseason and the warriors always say stuff where I'm kind of like all right sure you know <laughs> that's sort of, that's sort of like yeah we we all want things <laughs> but but they're always like we want to get younger we want more energy off the bench I'm like yeah and I want you know I want another zero on my paycheck but you know right. it you know it doesn't work out they they've kind of found it like if nothing else, what I see from the bench this year that I haven't seen the last year and a half is, like, the bench brings energy. At some point, McKinney's not going to hit 60% on threes, but he he's still going to bring energy. He's still going to, like, dive for loose balls and, like, do those little things, which is really all you want from Warrior role players. It's like, I just need dudes who can change the momentum of a game, who can, like, kind of light a fire because the Warriors' main talent player is, like, while they are trying more this year, like there's ultimately, a I need to pace my body for June mentality. Yeah,
1: yeah and and they should is McKin- is McKinney the most athletic player on the team? I mean, I guess you could say Jordan Bell, but
2: it's Jordan Bell. Um, but Jordan Bell's still kind of like, oh yeah, we should talk about Jordan Bell. He's still a little like out of control of his body. Like, I mean, he's 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 the most athletic player on the team. But like the the play on Conley where he like jumped. And, like, that's, that's Jordan Bell's season right there. Moving way too fast, jumping out of control, and um, making a bad play. Like, the effort wasn't bad. I haven't been disappointed with his effort this year. It's just it feels like uh, he's a little less in control this year than he was last year and he is a regular. Here's my
1: thing. I think he needs to play more, and I don't think he needs to play more instead of Looney. I think he's a player that, like... Like he, he has good feel for the game. And when he hesitates to shoot, it just means to me, not that he should sit, but that he just needs more reps. And I think that he just needs, he needs to play over Damian Jones. Damian Jones had a fun, like real, like four four or five games, but he's not like, I don't see it from him. Right. I don't see, like, I don't see him mentally. So I'm I'm with you
2: on, um, I'm with you on Jordan bell when he's, um, when he's playing freely, he's a really good defender and he can do a lot of things. Like he just knows how to hoop. But when he's thinking, like you can tell yep. when he's thinking, like don't jump. And then he jumps like that's, that's getting in your own head type of stuff. Whereas when he's just playing, like he'll still make mistakes because he's not dream on green, but um, he's uh, he, he plays a lot better. Um, I kind of disagree with you. I've liked how Damian Jones has played and I don't mind the Warriors, being a little like cause cause Jordan Bill has the highest upside of the three. Any way you slice it. Um there to me they're they're trying to make him earn it, particularly because last year he he had some yeah. ups and downs with his uh, his ego a little bit. And um and it's fine. That's normal. But I definitely think there's a we're, we're going to try to make a it, type of thing going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like it's the regular season, but, but like for me, it's like in the post season when they needed to right? they went to Jordan Bell in that Houston series. Like that was their center. And I think the same thing is going to happen. They're not, they're not playing Damian Jones in, in real minutes. Like Damian, Damien Jones to me is JaVale McGee, like maybe even a worse version because JaVale has been good this year, but like he doesn't have the IQ and he just, he's athletic but that only gets you so much and so i'm not a Damian jones fan i kind of liked him before the season started but watching him is it's a rough watch at least with bell he kind of at least he gives me the draymond feels even though he probably never gets there but at least he has that kind of like hey i'll be in that spot i might do some dumb shit but like he's an instinctual defender when he's like that's what i like
2: yeah so um i think you're too hard on Damian jones i agree bell should be a better player um, and will be, and probably is today. Um, but, but Damien Jones has made himself useful. The defense isn't great. It's, it's maybe not even average, but um, uh, he's, he's a rotation player and there's like, he's going to be fine. He's, he's useful. And like, I don't know, out of a 20 to 29th pick, you can't really ask for much more.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's that's true, and and it's kind of nitpicking too. Um, Jonas Jonas has been great. Like the fact that like have we even noticed that Igadala and Livingston haven't played? That's the fun thing about the um about the Warriors this season is that like the butt, the the bench is legit fun to watch. So like the games aren't like all right, so we're gonna have to watch the starters play for the first eight minutes, eight ten minutes. No, we gotta no. watch
2: Igadala go post up. <laughs> yeah, um, now I'm, I'm gonna sorry, be bored. Livingston.
1: Yeah, so it's been fun.
2: It has. Um I don't know, man. They're they're gonna they're they're gonna go places this year, but I wanted to talk about KD and Steph. So Steph's getting all the highlights, but what if I told you all the metrics that Steph is usually the best in, like plus minus, K D has been better than him in this year. Would you? Would you? Would you buy my KD for MVPs? Stop. Oh,
1: <laughs> I, I'm, my mind is racing. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, no. of ways to dispute that. But no, he's been the. He's been. Oh my god, this is. I, I think I tweeted this out the other day. This is the greatest I've seen KD ever play. Um, just like, I think he's an efficiency guy. So like, I think he's taken that like to an extreme. I think he's like, I'm just like, forget about like being the best player or whatever, like doing more things. I'm just going to be as efficient as possible. I'm literally going to make every shot like ever. Right, and so instead of shooting this like dribble pull up three, I'm gonna dribble in and make this an. He's easy, going like, downhill 15-footer. more.
2: Like I haven't seen him go downhill so like, much. I haven't seen him go downhill like this since like I don't know 2012 2013 when he was um, healthy <laughs> or he, when he was like not scared to get hurt. I guess. Yeah, when he was like 24. Um, and as an aside, like one of the most underrated developments in the NBA uh, among the superstar players, not like you know. The, the fake stars the real stars he's um his passing has become really good like he's always been a capable passer and been good but like particularly he's going downhill he knows how to get other guys involved he has a good feel like they're always on point um and i think that's really like it's the most in control he said this is the most in control he's felt as a player and it's like whatever i don't really you know players players say things right Uh, but i can uh,
1: see that being true though i I see it's showing
2: yeah yeah and it's like um by doing this and by steph kind of do going back to being aggressive from behind the line instead of like trying to back cut every play and kind of like get everyone involved steph's just kind of doing the best version of steph like they actually fit together perfectly it's like an inside out combo
1: so so to your point about the mvp i don't think it's possible just because there's no flash right now like he he's basically like the um like i don't even know how to how to say it but he he's so good that you don't even notice that he scored 30 points, right? And or so got like,
2: seven assists and 10 rebounds, yeah. And exactly. it's,
1: it's easy. And with Steph, it's like he scores 20 and you notice all 20 points. Well, maybe it's just because it's us. But like he has that flash, right? He has that way of saying, hey, when I drop 10 in a row, you're losing by 15. With Katie, it's like, well, we'll drop 10 in a row every quarter and we'll be up by 15 at the end of the game. Um, And so, so yeah, I mean, it, neither of them are probably going to win. I, I see the point. But how – like, they are both playing the best, like, ev- ever. Like, I, that's the best I've ever seen them play. And you can't beat this type of efficiency from both guys. It's I, – I don't have any words to kind of explain it. I wish kind of – What
2: I think is interesting about it crazy. is um, the balance between the two. Like, y- you could convince me one has been slightly better than the other. But, like, legitimately I'd call it a dead heat. And I can't think of any one-two punch that's been this even historically. Um, I just can't. Like, I, I'll always think Shaq was better than young Kobe, but um, a lot of that was like Kobe was 22 when Shaq was 30. Um, Jordan and Pippen, obviously, you know, Jordan was the offensive guy. Pippin was a little better on defense, but, you know, it was a clear one-two. I, I just can't think of a one-two combo where I'm like, I don't know you're right you're right like they're they're so even like you know you call them one a and one b if anything
1: and 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 it's that and it's like they know that they're so comfortable i have i'm looking for it because uh, like i'm just i'm kind of curious to see how both players are reacting i haven't seen either guy kind of like give a reaction, whatever. KD, you know, kind of goes on his own and, and shoots a pull-up three or some some dumb. And then I haven't seen KD do that. When Steph, you know, chucks up, like, you know, so, some, some crazy shot trying to draw a foul or something. Like, either, like, both players are so comfortable to the point of, like, it's almost scary uh, to think, like, to to think like what they can do when the postseason comes. I know we're, we're in freaking November, but it's crazy to think like what, yeah, we're we're back?
2: fanboying a little too hard right now. It, but it really it's, really it's, is. it's hard. It's hard but not it's to. It's hard not to because they're not giving us anything to criticize. And um, I mean, it might be their last year together, so it's kind of like appreciate it, right? Oh, you just got to bring it back down like that, huh? Yeah, you know. Um, well, well, we can keep it down.
1: I mean, we could talk about Draymond's body breaking down. That that's something that's, I think we've talked about before. But I mean, his foot's hurt again, and it's not like, it's not like he jammed it or something. It's not like it was a freak accident, right? It almost kind of feels like, and I'm not a doctor, but it feels like those Which nagging play injuries, one on like, Twitter. <laughs> like plantar, fa- you know, fasciitis or something, right? It's one of those nagging injuries where. You kind of almost expect Draymond to be dealing with these, not just for the rest of the season, but for a long time. So, I guess that's a downer for the Warriors. They do say that it's not serious, but we saw we saw how those knee injuries and that shoulder injury affected him, you know, last season.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see, but it does kind of suck for him from the perspective of he just finally got himself into like a good flow with the regular season, and this happens and. Makes That's you true. wonder if it's gonna be that kind of year for him. We know he wants the defensive player of the year because he wants to be able to demand the supermax. Um I you and I both know Draymond knows he's not getting the supermax, but Draymond knows if he's eligible for it, he can leverage more money to out of what he can get. You know, it's it's easier to ask for a certain amount when the max for you is two hundred than when the max for you is one sixty.
1: <laughs> now that that's true um we'll revisit this a, a million more times but um yeah I, I mean i am a little worried that's it and it probably won't matter in the regular season too um just because it's like maybe it's more jordan bell minutes and that's fine war with McKinney. me so. war mckinney minutes he's been playing like the entire fourth quarter um, he's been t- playing like 15, 16 minutes row the last, you know, two, three games. And I-, I don't know how he's still able to jump that high after minute 15, but that's
2: someone that's, you know, in shape. He He's kind of ready. Bring it back that the real question is, do we think they, they can actually, they should go for 73?
1: I think so. I mean, I, w- I would say yes, kind of selfishly, just cause I want to see him. I want to see them go for the- another record. The other thing is, I think it's an easier, um, easier run at 74 um because because i think that they don't have to try as hard um to get there and 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 that season where they scored where they went 73 they were on track to blow the playoffs out until steph got hurt and he didn't get hurt because like he played so many games he got hurt because of a wet spot on the floor a freak accident and then the rest of the postseason warmed down so I, i'm i'm with it i mean i'm saying yeah i mean i don't i don't think they're gonna Say, hey, Iguodala, you got to play eighty games for us to get there, right? So I, I think I don't think they're pushing guys to play forty minutes. I think they can get to like sixty-five naturally, and if they push a little harder, like they could get there. I, I have no problems with that. That's kind of fun.
2: So my whole thing is when Boogie comes back, there's going to be a oh, integration so. curve, and I think that'll probably ruin their chance at it. But if he gets in seamlessly. And he's only playing like 20 to 25 minutes a game they might like walk into I don't know 50 and five and then all of a sudden you're like you're right there you know and then you can go for it um, I don't know they're they're playing they're playing the best ball I've seen him play since 15 16 like this is better than 16 17 in my opinion for sure um, not that they weren't dominant then but that there was a lack of chemistry that was more of a talent talent wins than anything. This is like them playing as a team and everyone knowing where they want to be and playing off of each other. And I mean, Clay hasn't even Clay had the 52 point game where he hit um 14 threes. He's still only shooting 33% from 3 for the season. Like we know he's going to end the season at 42%, 43% something like that.
1: I don't even think like sixteen seventeen was like, like, like we kind of thought they had good chemistry. Then I, I, I feel like we think that they didn't have good chemistry then now because their chemistry now is ridiculous. And last season was like the season where they just out talented everyone. And it was kind of boring. So like, I, I feel like it was, this is finally the season where everything meshed and, and we kind of thought that was the first season. we like, Hey, it's a seamless kind of thing, but maybe not. Maybe this, this is the season where Katie, and and steph and and clay figured out how to play with each other and if demarcus cousin doesn't mess this up and he fits in then oh my god like it becomes
2: it's a cakewalk yeah that's where we're at we need um we need some drama we need like Giannis to to go off on him on thursday or something so we have something else to talk about but um in the meantime it's just kind of like enjoy it when they get in when they get in these kind of uh rhythms it's you don't get to see it like last year should be a reminder to everyone like it's it's short-lived so when you when you get into these like 10 to 15 game spans where it's just kind of like wow every night like enjoy it because that's not how it doesn't last like that
1: it's nothing better it's nothing better um so before we get to our uh before we get to our guests i gotta do an ad read uh, i think this may be our first one of the season so so you guys bear with me here. We're going to do one for uh, for my bookie. All right. So um, so watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have action on the games, right? You know, when you can put a little money on, it's a little bit more exciting. You get a, you're a little bit more invested. So you heard me talking about this for weeks, but some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be betting at my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn hundred into six hundred. It's a ton of stuff to bet on. College basketball tips off tonight. Sam was watching it every second because he's a college basketball guy now. For some reason, Kentucky and Duke. Zion Williamson,
2: man, (laughs) Zion guy. He's um, he's worth watching. (laughs) I'll just say that.
1: (laughs) And and you can bet on how many points he can score in a game. Uh, Michigan State and Kansas play tonight. Cowboys and Eagles play uh, in an NFL playoff elimination game on Thursday or what could be one. We've also got everything. We've got college football, NBA, and hockey, right? All rolled up into one and you can bet on all that. MyBookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. MyBookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and their mobile site is easy to use. So sign up this week and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. And make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM like Sam. Not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers just this football season. And you'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And to get 50% deposit bonus bonus. That's promo code BlueWire. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, we're back. Uh, great ad read, Andy. Um, so <laughs> we've got uh we'll say we've got Dave DeFor joining us today from who hosts Nerdish. She Wrote on Count of Dings and uh, has his own podcast on the NBA with One Dave DeFort. Basically, basically a nerdy uh basketball guys people like I think this podcast is kind of like people that don't really say that like they'll love it on the timeline but then secretly they love listening to it kind of like me maybe but anyway thanks for having uh thanks for thanks for joining us Dave (laughs)
3: Um, yeah uh thanks for having me thanks for feeding me the line Andy see see, Andy did you uh, hang on did you call me a nerd by the way (laughs) just (laughs) because it's funny because you know like my my background is coaching and, and I I I see myself more as a, a a guy who bridges the gap between the nerds and the eye test folks, right? So I'm like the middleman.
2: Oh, I Andy means it. Test. Andy means it in a much broader sense. Like anyone okay. who actually wants to talk about the game of basketball Correct. in a non trolling sense is a nerd to him. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> so
1: it's anybody anybody that isn't faking and making jokes all day is a nerd to me so Uh, you know i always but you know there's a way to to uh, we don't want to go too long on this but there's a way to like when you're doing a podcast of just not boring people just like and just talking about like numbers or just talking about like hoop analysis or you know kind of pivot the other way just talk about everything that's not basketball right like there's a really cool way of putting it together in the way that's entertaining so you know you're you're kind of like that but you know still a nerd so it works out (laughs)
3: Yeah, I, I try to limit the jokes to about twenty percent of the content. I, I think that you know, uh, plenty of people uh, l- appreciate a little bit of humor, but you know, if you go hundred percent, then you're just a joke podcast. And uh, you know, this isn't the chase down. So
2: <laughs> all chase down slander is accepted on here. <laughs> so Dave, we wanted to kind of um, uh, we we talked about the Warriors before he came on, and. Um, you know, as much as we love to just kind of be narcissistic about how amazing Steph is, I, I think we should talk about other teams in the league. But Steph is amazing. He is amazing. Um, although he's now in a slump because he didn't make seven threes against Memphis. So <laughs> right.
3: Um, well, I mean, he's the MVP right now. no doubt. People, people are going to say Giannis. I'm saying it's Steph.
2: I mean, yeah, I'll take the October MVP. You know, he's yeah back he's sure back. ten games, but yeah, so we're', we're, we're an eighth of eighth of the way through the season at this point. who is there anyone you think can actually beat the Warriors? And uh, if not, like who would be the teams that are closest the the ones that are challenging the most, basically at this I, point.
3: I think the closest would i mean, we're we're saying like maybe beat them in the finals. I think the right. closest would be Toronto. Um, because they you know they can score and they can defend and i and that's what you got to be able to do this is why Houston was actually a threat last year you know it's, it's they were like the best offense in the league or second best offense in the league and uh, a top 10 defense and that's what you need to beat the warriors because you know we see it when they lock in they are, they are the best defense in basketball it may not be by the numbers because they don't put in the work and the effort every night but when they want to they can just do it and what's amazing is that you know, KD makes it so they can do it even when Draymond's sitting. They did this uh, against Memphis the other night um, in the third, where they just said, "Nope, you're not going to score anymore," and Draymond was out. So I, I think that um, I think the Raptors are really the only team that has a chance. I thought Utah was going to get there because I, I was looking at the you know just the progression from Mitchell and, and just thinking with more continuity, maybe the, the offense would be better. Um, but they've been struggling uh, quite a bit this year to to start out. I mean, it doesn't help that that Mitchell got off to a slow start. but uh, i'm I'm not out on Utah yet, but I don't think that they're an actual threat to to the warriors. the The nuggets are interesting, but I need to see more of it. You know, ten games just isn't quite enough.
2: I kind of view Utah and the Nuggets the same way. Um, right? Utah hasn't really been great yet, but like, they're both teams, I think, are just really fundamentally sound and they're gonna roll through teams in a regular season and rack up a lot of wins. But mm-hmm. I can't help but look at them and be like, come on. Like I don't even know that they they can get out of the second round, honestly. See, like there's well, too right. many liabilities. So I'm gonna
3: I I here's what I'll say. In defense of the Nuggets, now Utah again, the scoring is going to be an issue and so that that kind of precludes them from this conversation. But the the Nuggets, we know they can score and we're seeing what the defense looks like. When they've got their team assembled, and, and they've gotten better every single year under Mike Malone, they just missed the playoffs last year, despite the fact that that Millsap missed like over half the season. So I, I think that they're they're in that next tier, but they're slightly above Utah right now. Um, you know, we, we saw S- Steph Murray the other night go off for forty eight. <laughs> And that kind of spurtability that they have where they're able to go on these huge runs, where they can hang one hundred forty on on teams, I think that really matters in this conversation. The defense is what's gonna push it over the edge and and make them get to the the conference finals, let's say. Um, but that offense is it's incredible. They can score on anyone, including the Warriors. You know, I mean the the Warriors, the um, you know, they won that game on a Jurebco (laughs) Tipping, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think I, I I like the Jazz more than I mean. Sorry, I like the Nuggets more than the Jazz. I think
3: I think Donovan I definitely Mitchell, like to
2: watch the the Nuggets more than the Jazz. But right. the Jazz are I think
1: they're in trouble. Honestly, the but,
3: Nuggets feel a little bit like the 14-15 Warriors. I'm not saying that they're going to go on that kind of run, but they've got that that two. Gun, I don't right? think so.
1: I, I I think the problem with them on offense, yes, is Jokic is okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's fair, but I, I just think there's a there's a Jokic problem in the postseason. I mean, there's a Rudy Gobert problem in the postseason when Absolutely. you're playing guys like but, but you can't play Nikola Jokic at five in the postseason for like 35, 38 minutes a game, which is kind of what they have to do to be the Denver Nuggets. I, I guess doesn't matter. if They should just make the postseason first because they haven't yet. Yeah, get, like, to the, t- get to the second round
2: and just be, <laughs> yeah. be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm not trying to be like, yo, like that's the problem. But like, if they want to be in that next tier, because like if they play the Warriors in the first round or the second round, like they'll probably like get really cute and lose like in five or six, and people are gonna say, oh my god, they're the next team. But you kind of can't be the next team if Jokic can't move. Like a pick and r- he's gonna get annihilated by. So, by anybody, any point guard. I'd
3: say even Dame Lillard would destroy him. But I mean, I'll push back on that a little bit because they are defending with him a little bit differently. Um, they're they're bringing him up and and showing hard on these uh, on mm-hmm. these pick and rolls, and that actually puts him in in a better uh, position to succeed. He's got great hands. He gets his hands on a lot of passes, but also they're going to create more turnovers that way. So you make up for the fact that sometimes you're going to get caught or give up a three or get, you know what I mean? Like they're going to, it's a higher variance game, but I think it works out in their favor because of how well they can score. So I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, Their defense. I don't see anything that, that stands out as like, all right, this is a huge flaw. I mean, it's it, it, you're right that Jokic is sort of like having him as the linchpin of this whole thing is, is tricky. Um, But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be, they're not winning a title this year, right? Like, let's be honest um but i am really curious to see what they're going to do when when we get to playoff time
1: i'm i'm curious about houston now um because well here's the thing they've been so i'm on the cp3 is washed bandwagon in terms of like not like he can't be a all-star anymore but like that he can't be that guy um obviously is, but they still need him to be that guy i don't think he's that guy anymore um but i mean they're still kind of on track now they've kind of recovered and they've got their defensive uh, guy back um so I, I don't know like i guess they'll be fine again but does it really matter
3: yeah i don't think they're gonna be fine um that's the truth cool. I, I think that there's a personnel issue and i think you know they they discounted this all summer but losing ariza is is terrible for them i mean for, for multiple reasons, you know, uh, not only can he stick a shot, but he can defend and he was a guy that could, you know, he could switch and him and PJ Tucker together. That was, that was special. Um, that's why they were top 10. You know, well, and we um, should
2: give, we should give mellow the MVP because just no one is as has a bigger impact than him. Like he just basically destroyed the team that was the best team last year in the NBA. Now they're <laughs> just irrelevant. Um, yeah, I it's just just move them around like no one else has that kind of impact. Steph doesn't move the needle that much.
3: You, you know, Mello is actually he had a couple of really nice games. Uh, he deserves some credit when he when he plays well.
2: Oh, when he hit five of nine mid mid-rangers in a row, what a yeah. what, what a man! Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but but the the truth is they just don't have that that defensive peak that you need to really compete and and it's a personnel issue. Um, you know. People are saying, uh, this rookie, Gary Clark, uh, oh, potentially, God. right, like he might make a difference. I'm sorry, and Andy, man, but if
2: – And Andy's boy, Jimmy Enos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
3: you know, those are just not the kind of guys you want to count on um, for a team that is allegedly uh, a finals, you know, candidate i i just don't i don't buy them anymore Where, where's the
1: variance though like isn't daryl Morey really good at like wasn't that his thing like hey we're gonna just pick guys up that have high variance and and at least if we're gonna win we can get to near peak it doesn't Mel- seem like Melo certainly a has some variance
3: <laughs> well part of this man, is, is, is just what was available you know it was kind of a rough summer for for guys who were out there and available um and, and you know they they They've got the cap crunch and all that stuff, but to lose a Ariza, I, I just think it it can't be overstated how big that was for them. <laughs> um, and mostly regular season. Okay, so it, it's very much like they're not they're not a sixty five win team anymore because they don't have sixty five wins worth of bodies, right? They don't have Emba they don't have Ariza, and those guys contributed to what they did last year. And, and then you know it doesn't help them that Capella's has kind of you know had a slow uh, slow start. I'd say, uh, I, I, say I, I would say I would say their start has, um,
2: their their start has validated Harden's MVP to a degree because it's just kind of like I mean they, they essentially just put a goon squad around Harden or like you just <laughs> you just take care of the offense and we'll do all the dirty work and it, it legitimately did work last year like really well so watching them play without him it was just a it's a total mess and it kind of right it it I like to make my James Harden jokes. I still have my uh, skepticism of him at the highest level, but he is a pretty amazing player and he can, yeah. he can win you a lot of games.
3: I'm much less worried about the Rockets making the playoffs than I am like the Lakers, you know, for instance. Well, <laughs> so,
2: so, I mean, I feel like it's intertwined because they're going to trade Chris Paul to, you know, LeBron's Lakers at some point. And then, <laughs> and then, and then they're going to just yell at everyone in LA. That would be great.
3: insane. I, I just can't, I can't imagine that's going to happen.
2: I feel, like, I feel like that sort of stuff actually isn't really on the table until they um, strike out in free agency next year, or if they do. The you know, Lakers. The, yeah, God, then, they're uh, going to strike out. Then There's all of a, a sudden it's like, well, we have cap space and we can't get anyone, so let's trade for Chris Paul's $40 million a year contract at age 35 or something like that.
3: God. <laughs> uh, so back just to running teams fan that they actually here. beat the Warriors. Uh, I, the, the Raptors, I think, are probably – the most well suited out of the east uh the the bucks just aren't there yet
2: let's get into this real quick because i this is andy and my debate he thinks the raptors are the squad i think the celtics are well you're Uh, wrong (laughs) okay so andy's got the support this time i'll give you the raptors look a lot better now um but i still think the celtics ceiling is higher in terms of actually giving them a problem like i get it Kawhi's probably the best player between both teams. They run a very succinct, efficient system. But Kyle Lowry's playing like the MVP right now. That's not going to hold up. Like I don't think he can raise his game. I know the Celtics have a bunch of players who can raise their game and a bunch of players with diverse skill sets, more importantly, which means they can go to you know second and third third adjustments deeper in a series. Whereas I just don't know that I think Toronto can do anything of that. I think Toronto is like a Houston Rockets type team who can punch you in the mouth. But if you haven't figured out, they just kind of run the same thing at you. Uh,
3: I I think it's a little too early to tell how they're going to react when someone punches them in the mouth. Um, I, I, so I'll give you that. I'll concede that point. Um, but Boston's offense is terrible. I mean, they're currently like 27th in the league, and this is not something new. This is not, oh, it's early season. They're working things out. They're working Hayward back in. Um, they, they had these problems last year. It's just their offense is kind of funky. It doesn't really generate good looks. Jason Tatum has, you know, turned himself into Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's he, why they're going to win. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, yes, the rings. I forget. So you know it, it, all these dribble pull-ups. Now I, I understand that they want him to take a more active role in the offense. The problem is I haven't seen the the creation for others that it takes to be able to to have that off the dribble game. I mean, say what you will about Kobe Bryant, um, but when he did it, he actually was a very good passer. It's something kind of underrated about his game that people don't talk about quite enough. Um, I haven't seen that from Tatum. I don't see it from Tatum, man. I I. I
1: i i think og i think og and pascal from the raptors are better than jalen brown i think they have a higher ceiling i don't think any of them have a higher ceiling than jason tatum so i'll give you that i just don't see that kind of like like he's fluid and he's athletic but he doesn't ha- like the knock on him was that like he didn't have that upper level potential right to be like a superstar like not even kobe because that's like a great but like like somebody like that's a top ten player. Like I kind of don't see it. Like he kind of is more like Harrison Barnes than he is like a like a super <laughs> super superstar. Like right. he just doesn't move in a way. <laughs> he just I'm doesn't move in a way that just kind of makes me think that he can get to his spots. Um, right. I, unless unless he becomes like a uh, I don't know like a like a Paul Pierce. Like he'll just get find a way to like a Dwayne Wade. Like he'll find a way to get by you even well, though he's
3: he, not like the quickest guy. I, I don't know. I don't see it. Last year he played more like Harrison Barnes, at least Harrison Barnes when he was in Golden State, right? I mean, he was he was a better version of that. He hit these a lot of catch and shoots and things like that. Um, it's just that like right now he's, he's really clogging he's up their to offense.
2: His, he's trying to expand right. his game. They need him to expand his game in the long term, but he's not ready to expand his game um, at that level on like a team that's looking to compete. Like he exactly. still, he should be more of that. Like I'm gonna spot up if someone closes, I'm gonna attack the rim. But like you know, kind of keep it simple. Yeah, um, and that's
3: what he did last year. Exactly. And so, and and that's like he was a very good player last year for that reason. But this year he's been bad. Um, so and this and is
2: where it's um confusing for me because I think at some point during the season they'll they'll figure out I don't want to say a pecking order, but like some sort of fluidness to the offense. Whereas right now I see. Kind of a bunch of guys taking turns, you know what I mean? Like, like Kyrie, Kyrie should be the yeah, Kyrie should be the first option. He hasn't really figured. Like the last couple games, he's realized that they're kind of getting there. And you're right, yeah, Hayward, Hayward should be that kind of jack of all trade wing who's kind of initiating a little bit, yeah.
1: No, that's They gotta figure it out though. It's it's kind of up to well, it's not up to Brad Stevens, but if Brad Stevens, by the way, I'm the biggest Brad Stevens fan too. Oh, but if he's as great as you know, shout out Andy's 2012 (laughs) tweets. I love me some Brad. Listen, if you can bring Ronald Norred to the Final Four, you are my guy. Because who the fuck is Ronald Norred? But like,
2: he's (laughs) kind of that is an. I, I gotta give. Andy, some credit for that one.
1: But you like that one? You like that? that I, I watched a lot of college basketball back when I was in uh uh in high school ish. A, a lot of college hoops, but now I don't even watch Zion Williamson. I don't even bother. Um, who they're up by like 30 right now, too. Um, but I, I if is Brad Stevens, like he's gotta figure it out, right? Because I guess it's kind of hard to coach Kyrie. Um, Gordon Hayward, I don't know, but then you've got a bunch of young guys, Horfords, who's probably easy to coach. Um, it's kind of up to him to figure out that offense though. Cause they do have a ton of talent, but they kind of don't have like a, um, like a staff for a, a LeBron or a James Harden or KD, right? Someone that can like transform, you know, they're going to make the offense a top five offense. Like Kyrie's great, but he's not really going to do that.
3: Um, so it's kind of up to him. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, um, I've been out there with my, with my Brad Stevens take, I think he's overrated. Uh, oh. I don't think he's a bad coach by any means, but he's not the best coach in the league, so pump the brakes on that. Sam has gone I'd,
2: silent. Good I luck don't getting think, on the ringer.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think I'm young enough for that. Uh, but you know, if I maybe if I had just graduated high school, uh, my pants are also not tight enough, but okay, uh, that's great. We, uh <laughs> I think that we've got this thing where we jump the gun quite a bit and we, we do this with players all the time, right? We're, we're so ready yeah, it's, to it's anoint more of a the player next guy
2: than a coach thing, but right. It, it but works. He's
3: done it with Brad Stevens. Like we skip over Quinn Snyder who Quinn Snyder hasn't had half the talent that Brad Stevens has had. Okay. And has done just as good of a job, if not better. Uh, Quinn Snyder's offense, it, it performs better than Boston's, but, it, it isn't. I don't know, man. I just don't think Brad Stevens does anything special on offense. He's got some funky rotation issues, uh, which just don't get brought up enough uh, unless you listen to Terry Rozier interviews. And, uh, I mean, I but just,
2: Steve Kerr has terrible rotations. Hang on. But, no, one, no one criticizes him.
3: <laughs> well, I criticize Steve Kerr's rotations all the time. You know that. But <laughs> Steve Kerr is an underrated coach. Like, Steve Kerr is one of the five best coaches in the league. Oh, that's facts. You, no, that, and, but no one gives him any credit because of, he has great players. But the truth is like, you look at how their offense is, I mean, that's Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has, has true. essentially like, here are the keys to this car, this, this Ferrari, please drive it a uh, professional race car driver. Whereas, you know, in Boston, I would say it's more like, um, I don't know, you're, you're hiring a cabbie to drive a, uh, you know, Oh, wow. Ferrari, <laughs> right. Like I, if, if, or I think you're I think you're, you're overrating uh um, driver to to drive like a, a Ford F one fifty is so more I, like this.
2: My one re, my, my rebuttal would be I think Boston's talents somewhat overrated offensively. Um That's true. I, I've never been a big I well, I like Jalen Brown, but like the upside in terms of him as an offensive player is a little overrated.
3: Like it's he's a three a, and D wing though. That's yeah, but he
2: doesn't want to be a three and D wing.
3: Well, they don't want him to be. They don't want him to be. They want him to to get those
2: switches. I think he wants to be a 3-and-D wing. I think they want him to be a 3-and-D wing more than he does.
3: I wish that they wanted him. This is sort of like Jason Tatum, right, where they're asking them to do more stuff. And what we saw out of Jalen Brown in the playoffs was pretty impressive, right? I mean, remember, he was like their primary scoring option. Yeah, but both of those guys can't get by people. That's the
1: problem. Like, no, here's you the thing. Of... I
2: think Tatum can though. Tatum has a handle <laughs> and he can get by people. He just hasn't mastered it. Like there, he he's can... still twenty.
1: Like the Harry B.
2: No, but I mean he's he's got skill in the way that Jalen Brown doesn't. Jalen Brown's for for me at least to my test more of a guy who's got a lot of athletic ability, but. Isn't really that guy off the dribble like Harrison Barnes? Right,
1: right. I mean, even l- you look at Clay, right? Like he'll never, like in my opinion, like if you put him as a first option, like he wouldn't be that great as being that guy. He can't dribble, but because he's like the second or third greatest shooter of all time, like that doesn't really matter. Um, so, like. I mean that's that's my thing with Brown Tatum. I just I feel like if you don't have that, like it's not like you're gonna get it all of a sudden. Like with Steph, he got it, but he could always like he was a point guard, so he could always kind of get around just people. To get
2: stronger to not get bullied yeah. on the ball,
1: and now now he is who he is. So I mean I don't know. We haven't even talked about the Bucks yet, which is kind of like
3: they're uh, like, not there yet. I, it's too early. It's too early. I don't um, know. It, it, Listen, you know, having a guy like Giannis gives you a super high ceiling. Um but uh, you know Chris Middleton is a very good player, but I mean they don't have an answer for Kevin Durant really. Like, you know, Kevin Durant well, can no just right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean we're going to see on Thursday, right? There, like we'll we'll see cuz Bud is not going to hide what what he would do in a finals matchup in a game in November. And and I uh, think
2: Draymond's probably not playing, so they'll play KD at the 4 most of the, the game. At the 4. So right. they actually I mean, it's going to be must-see TV from that perspective,
3: right? And so, so I'm assuming Giannis will be guarding KD, um, and then Middleton probably guarding Clay. And so now, like the matchup is is Steph Curry. Like if we're calling those washes because there, it's two good offensive players, two good defensive players. Okay, on each squad. And then you've got someone who's going to, you know, Bledsoe is going to try to match up with Steph, and he just can't do it. Um, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think the, the problem is that they're, they're a piece or two away, um, and they're not, I don't think they're comfortable yet. Now, again, it's November, right? And they've, they've actually, they've got the, the highest net rating in the league, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> um, yeah,
1: no, I, I agree with you though. I mean, yeah. you're
3: right. They just they don't have enough, but they're
1: fun to watch. I mean, they're playing the Blazers right now. They're fun to watch. But, um, all right. Well, thanks for coming. We're gonna get you out of here. We'll get you out here with this. Who who do you who do you who do you want to get out of the East? Who do you expect to get out of the East? Because I think that the East is kind of gonna give the Warriors their best fight this season.
3: I, I think the Raptors. I think it's theirs to lose. I, I think that they're the best team in the in the East right now. I think that having Kawhi Leonard, who is probably the best player in the East. It's there's a debate between him and Giannis. Um, oh, it's Kawhi. He can shoot, right? Because he can shoot yeah. it, it, exactly. That's the and that's the only reason I pick Kawhi. Oh yeah. Um, I think I think that you know that gives them an edge, and and I do think that uh, I think they wind up winning the East. Um, now th- there were there was a I think Abaka said that he didn't think Kawhi was hundred percent yet. So let's see how long it takes for Kawhi God. to be a hundred percent, right? Um, he's already playing like like he no, was he's two just, years he's ago. He's just slow, God. But but here's the other thing: they're winning games handily without Kawhi, right? I mean they 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 dusted Utah without Kawhi. Uh, the Lakers didn't stand a chance without Kawhi. And I'm not. I mean, the Lakers are not a good team, but they're not the Phoenix Suns. They're you know they're not the Washington Wizards. So to to be able to do that, I think says a lot. And and you know the raptors are really deep and that's what it takes to to be successful in the regular season and then they're top eight or nine that's a, that's a high level top eight or nine uh, they've got that is they can match up with just about anybody if you want to go big they've got Valanciunas who can stretch the floor and rebound uh if you want to go small they can even go all the way to siakam at the five so they've got just so many options man like i i really think that uh Sam, you're you're underselling them a little bit. Somebody, I be, uh, but I have it's to lean you, into it. it. I've, it's, I've already <laughs> it's your closet uh, Celtics fandom
1: is what it is. Boston Sam, well, Best somebody impression. said – we'll leave you out with this one. Some, somebody said that Nick Nurse is the Steve Kerr to Dwayne Casey's Mark Jackson, and I haven't looked at the Raptors the same way since. So uh, thanks for coming on, Dave. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah,
3: thanks for having me. <laughs>